Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 305. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with our show, I want to invite everybody to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore anyone and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. You can watch us do the podcast on our YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level a month. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash awesome. Become a $1 patron of our show and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker sent to you in the mail. And we'll give you a shout-out as well. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing this kind of spring-feeling morning? Uh, I don't know. I'm all right. Struggling a little bit, but uh, I think it's just... The weather going up and down like this, I just want it to stay cold if it's mm. going to be cold. It's a little bit easier on my face. Mm. The My sinuses get all clogged whenever it goes from like hot, not necessarily even hot to cold, but it was like two days ago, it was literally 12 degrees when I was driving to work. Yeah. And today it's like, I don't know, fucking 50. <laughs> so... It's uh, it's been a struggle. Yeah. But other than that, I uh, I bought an exercise bike. Ooh. As part of a Black Friday thing, and because uh, I wanted something cardio to do at home during the winter time, because I'm obviously not going to go running or anything. Mm-hmm. So I bought one of those and was dicking around with that a little bit. Um, so that's kind of neat. But other than that. Just kind of surviving. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, I don't. This weather, I love. I love how it feels right now. I will agree that I don't like the swing in temperatures, but I do appreciate the way it feels outside today. It makes me feel like we're through the winter already. You know, like you go through like five months of cold and miserable and chap lips and like. I don't know, just everything, and then uh, and bringing the chaplos back up. Um, but like, it's just like you go, you know, dry air, uh, you know, whatever dry air brings to your nasal cavity, your nostrils, you know, hard boogers in your nose. Everything about cold air sucks. I think. Now we don't have a lot of snow, but going going through all of that, and then stepping outside on the first, like. I don't know, 40 plus degree day where it smells like maybe there's life out there. Like that's what today feels like, but it's it's a mirage because we haven't had the winter yet, but we had that quick swing from like being miserably cold to like, okay, now it's like 45 degrees out and it's kind of feels fucking great. Um, I don't know. Weather's weird. It's like one of those things too. Like you'll see people like in the springtime when it's like 45, just walking around in shorts. 
like it's completely normal. You know what I mean? But you would never go the other way. Like you wouldn't go from a 90 degree day to a 45 degree day and be like, yeah, it's perfectly normal to wear shorts. But because you're coming out of something colder, um, the less cold feels warm. It's weird. It's weird the way the weather dictates, number one, what we wear. And number two, like our, our attitudes and behaviors. I don't know. No, it's just it's all about relativity, right? That's I mean, what it if is. You're used to being cold. Something even a little bit warmer is going to feel hot. So I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. What do you do? Um, trying to think if there's anything worthy of bringing up. I, I've done a couple 3D prints here at the house. Been working on that. My fucking studio is becoming an absolute mess. Uh, we got all the Goodnight Porchlight records, the Torpentine records from that record label. Um, they dissolved. I won't get into the reasons why, but so now we have all these records. So I'm looking into buying some storage. Uh, Chelsea and I, we want to get our garage or uh, basement cleaned up because it's it really has become a catch all. We have a one car garage, and then the basement has become like a catch all for like any kind of lumber from past projects. Uh, we've got two kayaks in the basement. Um, we have you know all these old paint cans. We have a refrigerator we don't even use. It's been unplugged forever. It's probably so poisonous. We just need to get it out of the house. Um, but like, it's just like, it's kind of a pain because there are some things that you can't just get rid of like paint cans and refrigerators, no easy way to do it without spending money. And then like, I guess I got to get some of this merchandise shit in my like setup. We we're, we're trying to get some nice shelving. Um, those nice metal shelves you can buy at like Home Depot that stack that you can like anchor to a wall and just get those fucking up on two of my walls in the basement. And then I can put my merch up there, my 3d printing shit up there. It'd be really nice to get this studio cleaned out because it is becoming ridiculous. My GI Joe collection, you know, uh, and before anyone freaks out, I'm running a dehumidifier in the basement. It's got a humidity of less than like 35%. Uh, so it's, it's pretty, pretty not, not humid down there. Um, Nothing that would damage anything, at least. So, I don't know. I, I've got projects ahead of me. I, I don't feel like I have the time to do it. Um, but it, it's it's on my list to do. I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. Just because I'm looking around the studio, I'm like, what else has been going on? And I've got, like, so much shit just around me. It's, like, really getting frustrating. Um, we're not running out of space. We just need to make more space because we have a lot of clutter in our basement. Trying to think what else. Doing those 3D print projects. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Um, you know, I think we might've even discussed Thanksgiving already on the last podcast, what we did. I can't remember. Have we had a show since Thanksgiving? I don't know. You have to tell me that. Oh, dude, I, I don't know. Clue. I know it's episode 305, but anyhow, yeah, I don't know. Nothing else is, nothing else is good right now as far as new and fun. Um, so we'll just get on with the podcast, make it a nice, we're recording this uh, Sunday morning, and I do apologize that the last week's episode came out on Monday for the patri patrons instead of uh, – well, it came out on Tuesday maybe, yeah, instead of Monday. Um, that happens from time to time just with scheduling. So, um, But any, anybody who is not a patron of the show knows that we are a Wednesday podcast, which means every Wednesday we drop new news – or we drop new shows, sorry. Talk about the news. Talk about PlayStation stuff. Anyways, for those who don't know – Every show, we talk about games that we're currently playing. And I am just about at the very end of Spider-Man 2. Uh, this isn't even spoiler at this point. You said there was an option to turn off the mini games. 
are are there not trophies associated with the mini games? Uh, what mini games are you referring to? Like the Mysterium and like the uh, find like growing all the plants, like those things. Um, I don't know that there's one for completing each thing. Mm. There's there are ones for completing like all of the doodads in a given region gotcha or you know what i mean so like i don't think that there's like a trophy for all the mysteriums and a trophy for all the fucking science experiments or whatever but those unlock new suits Uh, right new spiders i believe so and i think there's There's a trophy to get all the suits so yeah yeah definitely all right you definitely have to do everything to get the platinum so here's the question for you about spider-man 2 i'm enjoying it uh i i've caught up uh, all of all of the locations, I have done everything, but in a couple locations, it is said locked, and uh, I believe there's some end game stuff that pops up in some of these locations, and I think I found out what some of it is. But I am cruising. It was very nice to not be distracted by the side quests. Right, I saved the Mysteriums for last, and uh, before I pushed the story any further, I was like, I'm just going to do all the shit left on the map. And then I can just like mainline the story and enjoy the story. And uh, I, I think to its benefit and detriment, it has a lot of extra stuff. But there is something still extremely satisfying about swinging through New York City. But I've been using the fast travel nonstop to get to the locations I need to get to just to get through it. And I, I have I have a couple things I need to do as far as like killing a certain amount of enemies using certain certain moves or whatever and that's going to take me a minute to do um i like that it gives you a percentage on the playstation trophy list to tell you how close you are to getting that um in the past it would be like you have to kill 100 enemies doing this and like it just wouldn't pop it wouldn't pop wouldn't pop and you're looking at it like how many fucking more guys do I have to kill like in uncharted and stuff they had like these trophies that were like so ambiguous like there's no way you could keep track of yourself like but I don't know. So at least I see some percentages. I think I am probably going to do the platinum. I think it's one of the easiest platinums I've ever looked at. I think it's going to be pretty simple to do. And that's not taking away anything from anybody because it's not. It requires a time commitment. It requires like getting through the game and, and learning it. But some of the boss battles that I thought were going to be really tough so far have been extremely easy. And then the there's one... Not even boss guy, but he comes up a couple times. He, he he presents himself as a boss at a certain point in the game. And it's the guy with, like, the wolf, the wolf skin on his back. Remember that guy? He's like a hunter guy. He's like Craven's bodyguard or something. Um, mm, he shows okay. up in the park. It's kind of spoiler, but not. He's just like a regular bad guy. But he's big, right? Um, yeah. But he's not a boss. And uh, he has come up a couple more times as I've been playing through the storyline and I can't stand that guy. Cause he's like, just well, you, so sponge. You find out, you find out that it's just a type of enemy. Like, right. Right. He's, he's a mini boss. Like the first time you fight him, but then he's just like a type of enemy after yeah. that, that you encounter. You know, I, I kind of, they're like, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you've encountered, there are instances where there's like multiple of them and it's like, it's pretty annoying. Those guys are kind of, you got to keep moving around and stuff. Yeah. There's one- got to get good at that. You got to get good at that parry thing. Yeah. With them. That window could be just a little longer, and I know that's why you said you you changed some of those settings. But man, it, it some depends on the enemy you're fighting. Sometimes that red will show up, and it's just like 
bam, gone. And you're like, oh, well, I missed it. Yeah. You know, and you're getting hit. It's quick. And uh, the other thing, the thing about this game and that, that I don't want to say it's a trope, but like introducing a new enemy type as a boss, Uncharted does it. Like with the big, some of their big guys, they show up like, oh, fuck, you know, and then like, you know, two hours later in the game, you're fighting four of them at once. And you're like, okay, well, false alarm. These guys are just regular baddies. Now they might they might beef the stats on that first battle just to make them seem tougher and cooler. I don't know, but I kind of mm-hmm. like that. But I'm gonna say to like it's it's detriment and to its benefit. Spider Man has it's it's really really satisfying to play, but like. And there's a lot of cool little side things you can do, but I think that it works against the main storyline because as soon as I got through a lot of the side mission stuff and I cleared the areas the best of my – because I'll be on my way on a mission and then I'll see like a spider, like a little mini spider or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do that. And as I'm doing that, oh, a crime happens. And then I go – I start chasing that carrot, right? And then you're mm-hmm. doing that. And then it's like, oh, there's a chest. I better go grab that. And before you know it, you're like, you know – half a map away from where you meant to be and like so as soon as you get all that shit pretty much cleared out and you can just focus on the main story the story's actually really good I think the story's really good and I think the game the game suffers from I don't want to say too much shit to do at once at the beginning but if you're like me and and because all of that stuff is fun to do all that stuff is fun to do, and despite the little mini spiders that are way up in the air that you have to like find a way to like get up that high, those are kind of fun to try. You find like the highest building, and you just like fucking jump off like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, and you're just like gliding through the air. The traversal is so good in this game. The combat's really good, and I'm starting to feel kind of overpowered with all the skills. And I, I don't even know if it's the skills; it's just that like I've amped up all of my health at this point. I might do more damage, and uh, you know just popping all of the gadgets you know you get three uses of all the gadgets you got like the r3 l3 special move you have all the l1 trigger buttons that like you you can equip four different special maneuvers and sometimes you get two of those you're just like okay we're just running into an arms deal i'm just gonna take these guys to town so it feels kind of good and i will say that i like it when games allow you to do that sometimes games just constantly constantly try to match your ability with difficulty and like you never get to feel like you've reaped the reward of getting all these skill sets like in spider-man i'll say like towards the end you start feeling kind of like a boss like you can just fucking wreck people and it feels good and and at that point later in the game the controls really start to click for you it took took a while took me longer i think than it took you jake to really get a good feeling for the controls and how to utilize and manipulate them but i will say that now that i'm in it I really like this game. Um, it's fantastic. But coming out of Alan Wake into Spider-Man 2 was kind of shocking. And then uh, now that Alan Wake is out of my head and I'm all in Spider-Man 2, like I'm really enjoying this game. I think it's a good game. So that's all. I'm still playing that. I'll have it finished by next episode. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be jumping into Resident Evil 4 next. So, Jake, what about you? What, how's Alan Wake 2 going for you? You still doing it? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. 18 or 19 hours into the game. Oh, you're almost through it. Um, I've literally only played Saga stuff. I haven't played Alan Wake stuff at all. Oh, Jesus. So, Saga stuff so, is great. Uh, so I uh, I just, <laughs> earlier this morning, like, I was like, I've never 
used the fucking paint bucket or mop bucket yeah. or whatever the fuck it is in the closet or whatever the hell. It's a weird mechanic. So, so I, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to check this out because I was at like a stopping point in Saga's story. And it didn't, it didn't tell me I needed to switch to Alan Wake. I was just like, okay, I'm at like a – like I had just finished one of the overlap things. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm sort of at like a – I was like in a mode where I was just running around collecting things and yep. doing all that. So, uh, so I switched over to Alan Wake and then uh, just stopped. So like I'm still like in, in oh, his man. like little – his little cottage i like haven't even gone out to do the story yet so i don't even really know it's like uh oh i i did start it so it takes you back to the freaking the tv studio or whatever yeah started like the new chapter or whatever the hell it is for him um but uh i don't know i'm really i'm really liking it i i've been having a lot of bugs which is kind of annoying wow uh like, I had a bug where I was fighting a boss, and I I couldn't change weapons, and I couldn't aim my gun. Wow, that's really weird. Like, I, didn't I have was any literally issues. just I was just running around, and I would press uh, L two, and it would like do that thing when you're in a safe zone mm-hmm. where it would like zoom in, but it doesn't pull up your weapon. Oh. And then I would try to press like the the arrow keys to switch between my quick stuff wouldn't wouldn't bring it up that menu or anything mm-hmm. and so i just basically had to die and come back and then i got into another thing where i was like okay i'm missing i finally got the bolt cutters which oh, yeah. means that you can like go back to some of these uh, areas yeah i hate it when they like do that get, so like i had to so it's like okay there's this i got all of the fucking cult caches in the watery area except for this one because it's behind this gate that you need bolt cutters for Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i'm in this like limbo period in the story so i'm just gonna run over there real quick i know where it's at i'm gonna go in there and i do that and uh these two enemies attacked me when i went in that area which are like the ones that are like uh, it's like a mirror image of themselves, like up and down, like they're like. Oh yeah, I know. One's up, upside you know? down. One's upright. Yeah, yeah. Those things so, are tough. And I was there was a point in the battle where I was literally just unloading ammo into these things, mm-hmm. and they weren't fucking reacting. <laughs> and so, like, I ended up using, and then eventually, like, I would run back to the little you know, safe area and I'd heal myself and then I'd go back out. And by the time I killed these two things, like I literally used all of my ammo. I literally compiled like so much ammo and and stuff to just kind of stockpile it. And it's just fucking gone. And I don't know if there was a bug or not, but there was definitely a period of time where I literally unloaded probably two magazines of handgun rounds and the enemies didn't react at all. Mm. They just kept like walking toward me. There weren't any animations that showed that I hit them. Like it was just very weird. And, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of side content in this game that I don't feel that to me is in no way worth the risk unless you're just collecting everything. <laughs> like those fucking nursery rhymes. Oh yeah. Like you do them and then they they like drop some super hard ass fucking combat encounter on top of you and then you get like this charm that doesn't really help you at all. So it's yeah. like did, I I got to ask, did you I don't know. Have you used the charm yet that like when you die it brings you back to life? Have you used one of those yet? I have two of them, but I've never used one. If you use one, you get a trophy. So if you want a trophy, just keep one equipped. I think you might be able to get three throughout the entire game. Okay. I was trying to save it for like... A boss. Save them for like a boss encounter that I really struggled with. Like, I really struggled uh, initially with the one... Try not to be spoiler about it, but do you know the one where you're like in the bunker... And you have to like, you have to run around and stay out of the water yeah. until you turn the generator mm-hmm. on. And then you can like, and then you like go down the spiral thing into the basement. And you fight this boss yeah. down there. Yeah. So like, I really struggled with that one at first because it's like, you really, I don't know. It's tough. Like they did, like she just throws all this shit at you yeah. right at the beginning mm-hmm. and then you have to like get her down on the ground and then it's not really that difficult but uh it's a tough one there was i'm trying to think i had like three different bugs in my brain that i that i encountered literally all of them within the last day or two and i'm trying to remember what they were i wonder what that's about because uh, i i really didn't have any dude i I get the impression that um, I, I think I heard recently that some of the some they've been having some issues recently where they've been patching the game and it's been breaking things. Mm. So uh, I don't know if this is maybe part of that or maybe I'm just having a, a unique experience. But I I don't know. I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I'm kind of irritated that, that I'm like at this point now where. I have no fucking ammo. The one thing that I do appreciate about the game, though, is that they let you just put all of the ammo for a single gun in one slot in the inventory. Like, they don't do this thing like Resident Evil, where even though it's very Resident Evil-esque, in Resident Evil, like, when you go to play RE4, unless they changed it, it'll be this way. Like, you'll get... Like, once you've hit 10 pistol rounds, <laughs> mm-hmm. it uses a second slot in your See, inventory. See, that's how it was when I played it. More. Did they change that? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but I'd have, like, freaking... The only we- the only weapons that are, that are like that are the crossbow bolts. Yeah. And the... Uh, the like the flares and the flashbangs and the bombs maybe and that's all that what stuff. I'm thinking of then yeah maybe but like the pistol the pistol ammo like I'd have like forty rounds and it would use one slot in the inventory yeah. same thing with like the rifle and the shotgun ammo okay. and the batteries as well um I will admit though like I still fucking hate what they did to the flashlight in this game yeah it makes the game so much harder when you get to a part where you run out of batteries and in the first game you would just have to stay alive for a bit and your ba- your flashlight would recharge and then you could use it again. In this game if you're in a boss fight 
like for example that fight i was just talking about there is these there are these projectiles that you have to like right use a flare or a flashlight otherwise <laughs> they just kill you yeah. and uh like i had zero batteries for my flashlight and it's just there's nothing i can do i'm just fucked i'll say like, i can't yeah. and there's no battery like, there's no batteries to pick up in the in the combat area so it's like if i didn't have a flare or two on me i would have been totally screwed mm-hmm. and that, i mean now maybe the game would have like dropped me a flare or something you know at some point i don't i don't really know but it's I, I feel like I'm okay with it being the way that it is. If it was just that when you have zero batteries, maybe you have to wait a long time for it to recharge, but you still have some option whenever you're out of batteries. Yeah, because you can almost get because, stuck. Because that's like a pivotal. Po- that's like that's like a that's like a a very important part of the combat. Now I understand that there are some weapons like the rifle where you can unlock a an ability for it to be able to like shoot through the darkness of enemies yeah. and stuff. But that's like, you have to like do, you have to like find lunch boxes and upgrade that weapon. And it's like, I don't want to say it's clumsy, but like it's high powered. So there's not a lot of ammo for it. And you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, I would call it like a, you know, as far as like the non glitch issues that I've had with the game. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I find to be like a sort of like a problem from a design perspective, but I, I don't want to say it's a problem. It just makes the game a lot more challenging. I'll say this um, to everything that you said, this game, the you can tell the studio's focus on this game was number one story. And then number two, environment and like setting right like just that was like their focus i would definitely say that gameplay took a backseat to all of that like the game itself like when you call it a game i would really really love to see remedy make a movie like i think it would be so fucking rad but like all of the present the presentation the setting the story, the acting, the scripting, the that's not to say that the gameplay's bad, but it definitely at times is is kind of rinse and repeat. And then there are there are situations like you're saying, Jake, where like, you know, they nerf the flashlight so it just operates differently. And then you can find cause like I found myself in a situation similar to you where those mirror image bad guys, I was in like this boatyard area, and uh, I I did one of the nursery rhyme things, and these things came out of nowhere, and and I had no, I had like five five rounds, and like a flare, and two of those mirror image things came out at me, and it was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like I can't beat them with the tools that I have, and you sprung them on me, so like I think they were like. From a game from a, from a game developer point of view, they're probably just like, well, you know, so long as they don't do the nursery rhyme, if they don't have, if we didn't give them enough ammo, that's fine. But if they pop the nursery rhyme, they're going to be in trouble. And it's just like because they have a good idea of where all the ammo pickups are and how much you, it's going to take you, the average player, right? They, through through game testing and they know, but like there there were definitely parts in that game where I was like meleeing the shadow people. 
and trying to run through them. And then, but like, I couldn't go back to get my trinket because part of getting the trinket was killing the two mirror image people and then the trinket drops. So I triggered it. The two people show up and I couldn't kill them. So I just ran out of the area and I was like, they better fucking still be there when I get back because I'm going to glitch out of not being able to get the trinket. And I came back and they were, they were still like wandering around and I just fucking mowed them down later. But like, and it dropped. So the game worked. It didn't like break, but like, I definitely think that like a lot of people are comparing this to, like Resident Evil in in a lot of ways it is. But like I think that the one thing that Resident Evil uh, seems to have under wraps better because Remedy doesn't do this with their games. This is their first foray into this style of game is like the like the scarcity of ammo. Right. Like I feel like in Resident Evil, you always have enough somehow, but it's it's just enough that make you feel like, oh, fuck, am I going to run out? Because, like, I don't think ever in a Resident Evil game I was completely out of ammo, even on some of the ones that are more survival horror. And if I was... Have you played four? Not yet. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait to play it. I'm doing... I'm, this going to be a show topic here a little bit. I mean, it'll be similar to 2 Remake. So, like, in that game, there are probably instances where you're, like, you had a little bit less than you would have wanted. But if you actually, like, take the time to investigate and find all of the boxes and things like that and find all the pickups and be really diligent about how you use it. Like it's not, I wouldn't sit here and say that it's unfair, but uh, yeah, I, I think that what, what is, and I don't want to say that this is a design a design issue, but like being that this is the thing that about resident, those resident evil games is that they're not, they're not, they're very linear. They're not like these semi open worlds. And so I don't know. Like they, they do a really, uh, Alan Wake had does this thing where it's like, like I was explaining earlier where it's like, okay, I finally got the tools I need to unlock these doodads and I want to go around and I want to get all the things. And it's like, okay, well, they have the Taken and the fucking dogs and all this shit just, like, respawning over and over again. And so, like, it's like a, it's like a gamble every time. It's like, do I want to go back and get this cult cache to, like, complete this area? It's like, yeah, I do, but do I want to lose all of my fucking ammo just to get, like, one flare and a fucking trauma pack right. out of this cult? You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, okay, well... But that's a collectible. Like, I want to go... Like, the cult stash mm -hmm. is a collectible, even though I don't give a shit about what's in it. Right, 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 right. So, like, like I, I wish if, if... Like, the same thing with the nursery rhymes. If, if the... If there's going to be that much risk, the reward should be higher. Like, I should get... <sighs> You know, like, if I, if I go to a cult stash and I have to fight through freaking six or seven taken or like some dogs or some crap when i get there and i open it there should be like a couple flashbangs or like a you know a, a fucking one of those big medical packs or like something, or something in yeah, there right. that like makes it worthwhile but i do feel like they have a, a bit of a balance issue with the risk reward on some of their collect yeah, collectibles that's fair but other than that i mean i'm i, I am still really enjoying oh dude i'm still hot on that. that game it's so good dude i love and I, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but I love that 
the band from the first game is such a huge part of this game. Yeah. <laughs> I like I absolutely love the it because they're like one guard. of the coolest parts about that first game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, we can move on. Yeah. Oh, I I've been playing a little. We've been playing a little bit more uh, Castle Crashers. Sarah and I. It's been. Uh, it gets kind of difficult. Um, so you have to do a little bit of grinding, which is kind of weird, but been enjoying that. I downloaded, so I downloaded that teardown game. Still haven't oh, tried. Yeah, it. interesting. And I downloaded the. I saw there was a demo for uh, Star Ocean Second Story R, which mm. people have been like really uh, raving about. So um, it's like a JRPG, but it's like this weird like HD two D kind of. It's a it's a remake of a game from I think the nineties. Okay, got so, it. So. Uh, I'm interested in at least trying that demo to see what that's about, but I haven't I haven't started either one of those games. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's get into the news. We don't have any listener feedback. If you guys want to write the show, you can write us at psisawesome.gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our YouTube channel on any of the videos that we post. Or, as we prefer, sign up to Patreon for $1 a month and leave us some comments there. First news point, Jake. Every show, we talk about the news. We don't break news. We just talk about things that are going on and give our opinions and have a nice little discussion about them. The new PlayStation Plus games have dropped for December. And, you know, with the increase in the price, one would think that we might have a better offering than this. So the first one... Uh, I don't know why it says Lego. Is it Lego? It's not Lego, is it? It's a Lego game, yeah. Yeah, Lego 2K Drive, Power Wash Simulator, and Sable. Sable is a, uh indie game. So those are the three games for December. Now, granted, we had a lot of good Black Friday deals in November, and they gave us some nice discounts here and there, and we had a nice offering of games. But this seems a little weak to me. I'm not familiar with Lego 2K Drive. Power Wash Simulator, I think, is something Chelsea would actually probably like to play. Um, and, uh, Sable, I don't know a whole lot about, so I guess who am I to say, but there's no like games that like stand out on this list that were on my radar. So I don't know. You can write in and let us know what you think. Jake, what do you think about this list of December games? I mean, I'm sure the Lego game is fine. I don't know if it's something that I would be like super stoked to play, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, most of those Lego games are. I don't know if this is made by Traveler's Tales or if it's made by somebody else. Um, Traveler's Tales, the TT games, they're the ones that make the other Lego games. Uh, Power Wash Simulator is one of those, it's like cult hits. Like, people seem to really love it. Yeah. But it's, I don't know if it's a game that I would necessarily be all that interested in. But like you're saying, it's kind of a zen game. So uh, I could see sort of non-traditional gamers really liking it. And then that Sable, that Sable game looks really cool. I don't know if I, it might be one of those games that I'm not sure that I have the patience for it, Mm -hmm. but it's like this open world, like adventure puzzle kind of game. Really neat, like limited color palette, cell shaded kind of art style. Uh, It, it, it does look interesting to me though. I, I don't know. Um, how much I would really enjoy it, but I'm considering downloading it just to just to see what it's about. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I, I could see like uh, some of these like 
more open worldy kind of Zen games, especially when it starts getting cold and you're kind of like stuck in the house and stuff. Sometimes they can be kind of neat as just kind of like a way to sort of let your mind escape, just kind of run around and mm-hmm. see pretty things and solve, you know, basic puzzles. And I don't know. It's a, uh, but we'll have to see. I, I watched a couple of trailers. I, I don't see any instances of combat in it, so it might just literally be like a puzzle game. But um, but it like visually looks very neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it all looks fine to me. It's nothing. Uh, nothing though. That, like, we're not getting anything. We're not getting page. anything major. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're getting fucking Call of Duty or like a like a Sony first party game or something. Yeah, uh, we can we can do a couple months like this, but don't you know. Let's let's set an awesome precedent in January. Usually they do with the new new year. They roll out like some nice nice titles for us. All right. Next news point involves pinball, which is like my favorite favorite non-video game video game. So Pinball M was announced. It's going to run on Zen Studios Pinball FX. Um, but the Pinball M has a higher age rating. Just a little backstory on Pinball Effects. When it got its PS5, it's a free it's a free game. It's essentially like a gateway uh, to purchasing additional tables, right? So if Pinball Effects is free. You download it. And anyone who had Pinball Effects on PS4, when they rolled out the new Pinball Effects, all the tables that they had previously bought don't work with the new Pinball Effects. Although those tables are for sale with the new pinball effects. So like you've already bought in the table, but they won't play it on, let you play it on the new platform. So they, they, there was a lot of bad blood between Zen studios and their fan base because of this, but they're, they're winning people back over because it is hands down, probably the best pinball simulation um, thing. And they, they make a lot of games. They recreate some existing pinball games, but so they have, you get, it's kind of hard to explain. So you get Zen Studios Pinball Effects for free, and then Pinball M, which is like uh, rated M pinball games, will run off of that. And with that, they it's all going to be horror themed pinball games. So with that, they're going to give you the Wrath of the Elder Gods pinball machine for free. Um, but you can buy the remaining tables as a bundle, the ones that they've announced so far, for 20 bucks, And it's a series of horror-themed pinball games, like I said. So the, the, the director's cut of Wrath of the Elder's God, Elder Gods sorry, is going to be free with Pinball M. And then the remaining, sorry, the remaining three tables, I, no, four tables, you can buy them all. I don't know how it works. There might be one that I'm missing. Anyways, they're $5.49 a table. You can buy the bundle for 20 bucks. And some of the tables include Dead by Daylight, Chucky's Killer Pinball, The Thing Pinball. And then in the future, Zen Studios actually purchased a ton of horror movie licenses. So, like, one can imagine from that acquisition, this was a post on Reddit that somebody had posted, we're probably going to be getting a Resident Evil table, a, a Halloween table, a Hellraiser table, a Megan table, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, a, a, along with other licenses the zen studios has purchased so pinball and horror has always kind of ran hand in hand jake i think this is awesome i think that they weren't able to do these kinds of tables before because of the regular age rating on pinball effects 
But now that Pinball M has an M rating, they can get into some really cool kind of gory slasher kind of pinball games, which is like it was just like really what pinball should kind of be. I think in my mind, at least, I don't know. I love, I love the, the pinball effects. I just, I haven't purchased any tables recently. Uh, I, I was really into Zen pinball, which was even before pinball effects. And, um, everyone knows I had a really good score on Gorgar and I was really, really a big fan. They recreate a lot of classic, classic games. Um, but pinball effects has a lot of, they're making their own pinball machines digitally and they run like regular pinball machines, but like they have like medic mini games and stuff that are like really, really cool. So if you're a pinball fan, uh, you know, like myself, this is kind of interesting if you like horror as well. So I wanted to bring that up. Jake, have you ever messed with this at all? I I'm guessing no, no. I mean, I think pinball is cool, but I don't know that I necessarily would have any interest in playing anything other than a real table. Yeah, because that's like that's like most of the magic to me. Yeah, but I, but I think that it is cool. Like these tables are almost like collectibles, though. So like I understand why people would be into these these virtual experiences. Because yeah. maybe they've like especially like the games that you the when you used to play Zenbin pinball. Like a lot of those tables are real tables. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So so like. It allows you to sort of collect tables from your childhood or whatever. You know, maybe you played it in a pizza shop or something like that. And and uh, that's uh, that's really cool. I'm wondering how they will make these tables mature. Yeah. Like, is it just going to, like, have screams and, like, F-bombs Blood and shit like that? Or, yeah, or I, don't, it, I don't know. Or is it going to be, like, you know, like, is the table going to animate somehow is there gonna be like boobies on the screen or something i i don't know man like it, it's a i'm kind of curious what that means from a pinball perspective like what's a mature pinball table if not for like you know language and and maybe some kind of graphics but well audio like, right you could like you said like you could probably hear people getting being cut alive and stuff <laughs> you know like splat yeah, noises and shit i don't know <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. And and the cool thing about having real tables digital digitally is that you can learn. Pinball is more than just slapping a ball up and down the table trying to keep from going down the drain, right? Like there is actually there's actually games within the game. You got to run it on certain tracks and stuff and spell out certain letters and like, you know, complete stuff and unlock free balls and do the high scores. And then, you, you know, multi you can unlock multi ball and you all that just doesn't happen by chance. Like if you know if you know the table, you can learn it. So the cool thing would be to learn these real tables digitally when it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg and then go sit down on a real one and like just know how it works. That's always been my dream to find like a real Gorgar table and just be like, fucking, yeah, like I'm really good at this game. But like I only know because of PlayStation. And would I be good because it's the physicality of it now has changed, you know? But it's, it, I think part of being good at pinball is number one, just understanding what to do to get the high scores, how to get the score multipliers, and like where to run the ball and like, you know, all the timing shit. So I don't know. Pretty cool though. I like it. Moving on. Um, the next one 
is interesting. We're just going to follow up on a on a on a story uh, that we talked about last last episode, and everybody knows that Rockstar has announced the Grand Theft Auto Six trailer is coming in December. They have now given a date. Um, this is going to go live actually before our next podcast, so we're not going to be talking about this until next show. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's going to air. The Grand Theft Auto trailer will air on Tuesday, twelve five. We will have already, most certainly, recorded episode three hundred six by this time. So you will have to wait till three hundred seven to hear our. I'm imp- talking about twelve five is two days from now. Oh, right. So it won't be on this wait. It is, isn't it? It'll Jesus. Be on, it'll be on next episode. You're right. We'll talk about it on 306, but it won't be on this episode. Uh, our listeners on YouTube who don't subscribe to us on Patreon get the episodes on Wednesday. So if you tune in Wednesday thinking we're going to be talking about the trailer that just dropped the day before, you're wrong because we're recording this on Sunday. So we haven't seen it yet, but we will. Come back next episode to talk about whatever the hell it is. So maybe a missed opportunity for us, maybe not. But I don't think a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 is enough reason to do another mini episode. That's ridiculous because probably the trailer is going to be just like we're probably not going to see anything. Probably just going to see like a setting and a sunset and palm trees or some shit. And it's just going to say GTA 6, you know. Or it'll just be a Grand Theft Auto trailer, which is like, okay, I, I don't know, like... I'm excited for Grand Theft Auto Six, mm. but I don't. I can't imagine that anything the trailer is going to show me is going to like defy my expectations of what this game is going to be. So, I don't. I don't see a reason why I can't wait till the next episode. Fair enough. I agree. I agree. And this is a this is an interesting news point. This next one. Um, there was a time where I was purchasing TV shows on PSN to watch. Like I, th- I think. I think I got screwed over with uh, Hell on Wheels, and then uh, they didn't give me my last episode, so I had to get it's a lot. Go tune into a podcast a long time ago. I had to deal with PlayStation support and stuff. Anyways, digital TV show purchases on the PS Store from the Discovery TV channel are going to be gone at the end of the year. So even if you paid for this content. Um, the license agreement between Sony and Di- Discovery TV is ending at the end of the year. So if you bought it, if you bought the content, you have no way to download it. You have no way to preser- pre- preserve it. And you just now no longer will have access to the thing that you purchased. Um, so this kind of leans into the whole debate about digital versus physical, right? So. I think this is a rare instance. Like they probably looked at the numbers and been like, there's like 300 people in the world that bought a fucking discovery TV show on the PSN. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I wonder how many people this is actually going to affect, but regardless, you know, when you buy digital content, you're, you're, you're essentially just buying the, 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 the right to play the game, right? You, you don't own the game. And, uh, so that's why I think some people are kind of still huge supporters of going physical, you know, and why people are getting concerned that, you know, digital is the only way that some of these games are being released. But this is strictly Discovery TV um, and TV shows on that channel platform. Jake, anything about this? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's weird because... I buy all my games digitally and I don't 
even like I consider them, you know, a library that I'll have access to. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, when it comes to like movies and TV shows, I've never like once thought about doing this. I think I think the only like I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get something digitally, I'm just gonna rent it. Right. You know, rent it digitally for five dollars or whatever the fuck it is, and then you know, if I want to watch that movie again a couple years from now, you know, I just rent it again. Like it's not to me, it doesn't seem worth it to buy it digitally. But I uh, I know that that's like it's kind of hypocrisy because it just doesn't really matter to me personally. But I can understand why people would be upset about this. Yeah. But this is a little. How is this? Is this? I feel like I feel like the way that those those digital movie and TV shows, like the rights between Sony and the the like the the agreement between Sony and the rights holder and all that, I feel like it works differently than it does with digital games. Like I like I, you know what I mean? It, it, like with those, I feel like it was more akin to you know how when you watch a, an old TV show on Hulu or Netflix, and sometimes the music that's in it is not the music that was in it when it aired on right. TV. Yep. Like I feel like it's one of those kind of things where it's like this, like that that those agreements were made in a time before people really thought about what it means to have a digital agreement to like like a digital library. Because because you haven't been able to buy movies or TV on PlayStation Store for what like fucking five or six years at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. It's not like this is a. It's not like this is a you know like. Right now, you can still go on the PlayStation Store. So I feel like Sony probably stopped doing it because they realized that this is going to be a fia- like a fiasco. Yeah. So um, I'm not I'm not saying that it's right that you should lose access to stuff that you paid for at all. I'm not saying that. So like this sucks for the people that have that bought this stuff and they can no longer access it. But uh, my can they still like download it and then just like as long as they don't delete it? it That's a good question. If they can download, they'll, I, I they'll think be able it, to access it. I don't know if it's downloadable or not. I, I would assume that it was just streaming, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think you can. I think you can. I mean, maybe you can't, but I thought like all, all that because if you think about it, like if you buy a movie on on iTunes, yeah, you can download it, like like the actual movie file. And have it locally on your computer. So I feel like it was probably the same way. I mean, this literally goes back to like PS3 days and a little bit into PS4. But like, so I guess maybe if you have this, go on to your library and just like download it all to an external hard drive or something so that you have it. And I, but I don't know if, if that's even possible. So I'm literally just, I'm talking out of my butt because I have no experience with this because all I've ever done is is kind of rent stuff as far as videos go. The only thing that I can think of that I've ever purchased digitally as far as a movie goes is you remember that documentary Sound City? That oh, yeah. Did? Girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that I ever purchased digitally, and that's because it was only available on iTunes as a digital purchase. Um, 
but yeah, this sucks for the people that are losing out on their stuff. But if there is a way that you can download it to like an external hard drive or something, just fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, sorry, I don't mean to be distracted. My hero quest group is dissolving at the moment trying to one of someone's sick. Um, but uh, we're trying to get some more people. We're playing later today at one. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, I just think that as far as like the digital stuff goes, I had this happen with Hell on Wheels. I subscribed. I paid up front for the entire season. When the last episode came out, it was it was never put on the PSN. It was like there was some sort of like internal glitch where they never got access to the last episode, or they never uploaded it to their server. So I I had all but the last episode. And the problem was, was that, you know, my father watched the show and he he was paying for cable or whatever, whatever service he had, he had access to it. And it had been like a month that we couldn't talk about the finale because I never got access to it. And I was going back and forth with Sony for forever. I was like, listen, I paid for this episode. If you want to just refund me my money for the for the equivalent of one episode, that's fine. Or just fucking make it available. You know, there's there's clearly something wrong in your end. And like just to get through to them, to, to explain to them that situation was very difficult because it's such a weird situation. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, we gave they're like, we gave you the season. And I'm like, yeah, but what you don't understand is, is there's a missing episode. When I go to wa- watch it, the last episode aired on this date. It's not available to me. Uh, so and I and you would go to like their list. Like, if I wasn't logged in, I'd go look at the Hell on Wheels, you know, season five or whatever. They didn't even have it listed as one of the episodes in the season. So, like, there there was a disconnect somewhere between the distributor getting that episode to Sony so that they could distribute it on their platform. And, like, ultimately, I had to go to Amazon and just download the one episode, buy it on Amazon or rent it on Amazon or whatever so I could fucking watch it. It was a matter of principle, and I got really fucking angry about it. I was really in this fucking I was in it, man, for like a month with Sony. And I think they eventually just refunded all all of the money because they still didn't understand that I didn't want money for all of them. I just wanted my money back for the equivalent of the one episode. And they just refunded the whole purchase. And I was like, well, that's fine. I got to watch it for free. You know, I just paid for one episode. But um, when they refunded my money, they did take away all of the other eight episodes or whatever. So I couldn't go back and rewatch them. And it was just like. Now I ha- now I own one episode from that season. And it's like, what the f- so fucking annoying? You know what I mean? I, I don't even care. But I mean, like, yeah, this digital stuff, I, most of the most of the things are hammered out on it. What's interesting, though, Jake, you talk about the way it could affect video games or not. And we don't need to open up a whole new discussion on this. But you know that, like, Sony has the license for Spider-Man, right? So when that license expires, what happens to the Spider-Man game? I think that they can still sell it i don't know yeah i would have to imagine like we're so far into the digital age now that i would have to imagine that when sony made that agreement with uh marvel yeah that it was just like look we can just sell this forever right like, we're making a fucking yo, game it's ours to sell yeah. yeah you get you get your cut about whatever it was either if it's per sale or or just like a flat rate or whatever but part of the deal is we get to sell this game forever. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that there's going to be a point, unless there's some kind of lawsuit or something. <laughs> like we got to yank Spider-Man off the shelves. You know? Yeah, that like that this would be a problem for for that game specifically. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think even even the way that 
like I had mentioned earlier about music and TV shows. That's a lot of reasons why, like, this has been a problem in games, too, with, like, the Tony Hawk remasters and the Grand Theft Auto remasters. Like, a lot of the licensed music they had in those games, you know, they were able to get renewed licenses on a lot of it, but some of the stuff they couldn't. Like, I think famously in uh, the remake or remaster of Vice City, they couldn't get the, like, uh, Michael Jackson stuff. Right. Which is unfortunate because that's such like a huge sort of touchstone in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they were able to get 95% of the songs back. So I'm not necessarily sure that nowadays it's an issue because I feel like most of these companies have learned from their mistakes. But I think we're going to be seeing fallout from stuff like this for at least a few more years probably until we sort of roll into like the age where all that shit is just kind of gone. Yeah. No, I get I it. Know. Yeah. I, it's interesting. This, the licensing stuff, because we recently had a situation with the Friday the 13th game got yanked because the license expired and it's like, yeah, Friday the 13th, the whole thing's over, you know? And now they're doing well, the they probably, that's one of those games though. I can almost wonder if it was strategic on the developer's part. Cause it probably is certain. It's probably expensive to have that license. Oh Yeah. And if they were like, this is a live service game, it has a shelf life. So they're probably just like, okay, when we get to the end of the license, if we still have a shitload of players, we'll renew it. Right. And if we don't, we'll just kill the game. Yeah. And they probably were just like, well, we don't have enough, so we'll just kill just the game. And let them it. save a little bit of money on the license. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. It's a bummer for the people that miss out, but it is what it is. It's business. Business as usual. Um, the next news point. So – this is this came out of nowhere, and I, I don't think anyone expected this. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is getting another patch, patch two point one, and it was announced that it's going to roll out December fifth, and that is a few days from now, um, and it's going to include the ability to actually use the metro system, like get on the train, the metro train, and ride it around, and stuff can happen inside the train. Um, it's going to have an on-person radio, so you can keep the radio going when you're outside of your vehicle. There are going to be car races, new vehicles. You're not going to be able to throw throwing knives when you're on a motorcycle. And then they've upgraded the Adam Smasher boss fight to make him more difficult. So he uses the Sandivistan or whatever, Sandivistan or whatever fucking thing it is. Because there was yeah. a lot of complaints from players that Adam Smasher was way too easy. And... uh I, I kind of concur. So they, they are upgrading that fight. So he's a little more difficult. Um, so, yeah, very cool. And this will be the final. I believe this is the final fucking patch for 2077. But, Jake, I know your brother Josh started playing Cyberpunk 2077. And he had just finally gotten to some of the DLC content. I haven't talked with him for a while. But, dude, I, I highly recommend anyone who can get in and play this, uh, the, the Phantom, the Liberty phantom phantom city phantom liberty phantom liberty trailer um was awesome so i went and got the game and played it and uh it made all the difference in this cyberpunk like cyberpunk i thought was good to begin with but they have done so much work to this game it, it is absolutely knockout awesome so it's it's a must play in my in my book for anyone who hasn't and has any interest so there is that um Nothing. I'm guessing you probably don't have anything to say about that. Um, I don't know, Jake. Do you? 
No, I I think it's cool that they're that they're still working on the game. I mean, I I kind of want them to move on to The Witcher or whatever mm-hmm. their next project's going to be. But I uh, it's neat that they're making the game I mean, the game is already they already kind of made it playable, so it's not like they needed to they 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 fixed a lot of that with the the big update or whatever. Yeah. But it's cool that they're they're adding more content to it. I mean, people's people really like this game, so it just it just is kind of nice that if I ever do decide to go back to this game, that I'm gonna have more stuff that I can dick around with. So that's mm. yeah, yeah. It's I mean, be- car races. The driving in this game is not very great, yeah, yeah. so I I don't know that I would really be all that interested in car races. But I don't know, maybe maybe like out in the desert or something, it might be kind of fun. Yeah. But- it's uh it's a little it's a little dicey. Yeah. The only thing they need to do to make this game perfect, honestly, in my opinion, is tighten up that driving, make it work better. Um yeah. next news point. This one this one is kinda kinda funny to me. Uh, you know, Phil Phil Spencer on numerous occasions has said their goal is to get uh Game Pass on as many screens as possible. And a lot of people presume that they were trying to move Game Pass to you know, possibly PlayStation or other platforms. And recently, Phil Spencer indicated the company has, quote, no plans to bring Game Pass to PlayStation or Nintendo. It's not in our plans, end quote. <laughs> so the fuck, it's always double speak with these guys. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they I'm sure that they would like to do it. I, that he's not saying that they don't want to do it. He's just saying that they don't have official plans in the works for bringing it over. So this doesn't. This is just it means nothing. I'm sure. I'm sure that like it's like if if he were to call up whoever's running PlayStation and be like, "Hey, can you want Game Pass?" and PlayStation guy was like, "Yeah, let's have Game Pass," yeah. and all of a sudden they would have plans. Yeah, right. So it, it's 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 nonsense. I mean, it's not really even worth reporting on, to be honest. It's just it's just more of the same shit from these bosses. Moving on. So this is this is a news point I'm excited about. I've timed this perfectly uh, with the recently announced Resident Evil VR mode for PSVR two releasing on December eighth. My first experience with Resident Evil 4 will be completely VR. I'm going to run through this thing. Whew, I can't wait because the trailer looks fucking ridiculous. And uh, Capcom has come out and they've, they've said, yeah, we're going to keep remaking these games. Um, and I just got to say, man, these Resident Evil remakes are fucking fantastic. Uh, anyone who thinks otherwise is out of your mind. Like these remakes, they, they play so well. Uh, the games are fantastic. They, they highlight the, the good stuff about the games and they keep doing these VR modes for them for free, which is unbelievable. I can't believe that the VR is free in these games because it, it, it is done so well and it's so polished. It's uh, really incredible. Um, so hats off to Capcom. Jake? It's uh, it's definitely cool. I... <laughs> I haven't played any of these games in VR other than the little bit of Resident Evil 7 that I played in VR. So I still have never even played Resident Evil 8, so I definitely haven't played the VR in that. And 
I I imagine that this is probably pretty good too. So it's it's cool that they're really supporting this. Mm. People must really like it. I mean, it must. Oh, be a it's big, so good. It must be a big, uh, uh, at least a popular thing from the perspective of people who actually have VR units and they can stomach the game. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if I mean I haven't played RE4 remake, so maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more spooky. I don't know if it's as spooky as like they perceive village to be, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the game, it's going to be spooky. So I'm sure that it's, I'm sure that it'll do a fine job of, of freaking you out. I'll tell you this. If you haven't played eight, you need to do eight in VR. I, I, I thought seven was scary. But eight was a whole different level. Like, here's the thing. I thought that eight, I thought that eight was less scary than seven. But when you went into them virtually, I truly believe that eight is more scary than seven in VR. Like they flip. Like for some reason, eight is super scary in VR. And like, I could only get so far. And I was just like, I'm not fucking playing this game again. Like, not like this. I, I really want to, and I might, but I, I think that already going through it is is enough for me. But, like, that's why I'm so excited about Resident Evil 4 is I've never played it. So, and that's how I did 7. I just went in blind, and then it's fine. I know there are parts in 8 that are just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, I don't know if I could do that in VR. But going into a blind, you force yourself to do it because that's where your game your game progresses. And it's like, I'm not fucking going back and playing this on a flat screen. Um, in fact, you might even be able to just go back to flat screen on these games if, if VR is too much and pick up where you left off. I'm not sure how that works. But I'm going to do four in VR. That's my next thing. December 8th, I'm getting into it. I'm diving in. I get the VR uh, controllers charged up. I'm so excited to do this. Uh Man, I just hope it's not terrifying because I know eight eight was really bad in the beginning for me for whatever reason. I think it was just more immersive than seven because you know you had independent arms and they really did the whole like loading and all that shit with with eight that you didn't do in seven. Seven was all kind of like look base, click the button, that's where you're shooting, and it felt really intuitive that way. But doing it with your fucking hands and dropping shit and like getting nervous, like oh man, it's gonna be awesome. And, I, and from what I understand, I think four is a little more action oriented. So, gonna have to get maybe uh, more proficient. I mean, I think I think eight's probably more actiony than four. Okay. I hope I you're mean, right. Four, four was still very much like third person survival horror, and eight was, in my my understanding, was is it was a little bit more shootery. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't played the remake though, so I don't know what they all what they tweaked. But uh, I mean, I played the demo, but that doesn't really doesn't get you very far. So yeah, got it. Got I think it, it's going it. to play a lot like probably RE2 remake would be my guess. All right, no worries. Um, next news point: this game called Spine got announced. There's a nice little trailer. For anyone interested or who knows what gun fu is, it's kind of like uh, martial arts, but you're using like usually like a pistol. 
and you're just close range, just like shooting people. Um, it's like it's like a like a fist fight, but you're still able to like blast people up close. Um, so it's a new game. Features gun is the main combat. It's running Unreal Engine 5, and there's a new trailer out showing some early gameplay footage. Now, there is no release date yet announced for this game, but it's being published by Neki, N-E-K-K-I. Um, I actually don't know if they're also developing it. I couldn't figure out who the developer of the game was, but the trailer looks awesome. And uh, this game looks really good. Yeah, it looks neat. I'm, I'm not... Uh... It looks like one of those games where it, like, it could be just a, it could be a revolution <laughs> or it could be just like a, when it comes out, it just gets like f- fucking closeted and written off as like some kind of B level like game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's initial imp- showing is impressive, yeah. but we kind of have to see more, I think. And we kind of have to see what it actually is going to play like. Um, I know they did have like a gameplay trailer, but it really doesn't give you a whole lot of a whole lot of insight into what like the the actual like B two B gameplay is. Yeah, like what am I doing in this game? You know, what's like, the purpose? Literally... Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll have to wait a little bit more on that. But I agree with you; it does initially look pretty cool. It looks refreshing. Like a new way to play a video game, like a new style. I do like game. the I do like the art style, like on their website and stuff. How everything's very clean, like clean, and it, it's got like this this sort of neon, but like kind of paint style, like almost cel shaded a little bit. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool. It looks cool. I agree. It's not as it's not as gritty of a cyberpunk world as like Cyberpunk 2077. It seems like it's a little more stylish, which I appreciate. I think it looks sweet. Um, next news point. And I, I didn't play this game and it, it is on my on my list of games that I would like to play eventually. But Baldur's Gate 3 got yet another large patch. And with the work Larian Studios had to do to get the game to run on Xbox S, that work is going to positively affect the PlayStation version of the game. So the PlayStation players of Baldur's Gate 3 will be getting a nice improvement to the performance of Baldur's Gate 3 as a result of the extra the extra oomph Larian had to do with the game to get it to run on the Xbox console. So that's good news. It, it's, you know, a rising tide uh, raises all ships. So um, get it to work on the Series S and now the it's going to run smoother on the ps5 so that's nice but i don't know the the large patch i guess offers like uh a new a new ending to the game like tons of more uh voiceover work and like it's just this game just seems ridiculously huge i don't know yeah i it's definitely one of those games where you've got to commit to it if you're not interested in playing a game that is long, involved, is difficult, is got a lot of like, you know, chance and circumstance and all this kind of stuff in it, this game's probably not going to be for you. But it's just it's so well received and it looks so interesting 
that I really do want to give it a try at some point. I just think that I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang with the game all the way through. Yeah. So I kind of want to wait till it's available a little bit cheaper before I actually make an attempt on it. Yeah. But I, I, I just don't know if the combat will sit with me. But uh, everything else about the game looks totally dope. Yeah, it looks awesome. So we'll see. But yeah, so they're just patching the shit out of this game and just making it even better. So this is... This is a weird news thing, Jake. And I know that Netflix has dipped their toes in the gaming world. And we we had talked about a news point a while back about how they were trying to acquire Grand Theft Auto or something. It was a weird news point. So it was confusing, but it has since been confirmed. Netflix is now going to offer GTA 4, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas on their platform somehow. Now, Netflix also offers games uh, Spiritfarer, Dead Cells, Kentucky Route Zero, and will be adding Death Store and Hades in 2024. Jake, I'm still confused how, as a Netflix member, I can play these games. Like, I don't, I don't understand how it works. I think it's on iOS. Do I have to have the Netflix app on my phone? Um, I don't know how you play Netflix games when you're a net, is it an extra cost? Are you paying extra? Do you have to pay extra for these games? How to that's play a, Netflix games? That's a great question. I I just logged into Netflix on my uh, on my computer. Let's from, see if there's like a like a games option. So it know. says from the home screen screen in the app on the phone, swipe down to find mobile games row. Tap on the game and then oh, get I get did see that on my phone. Get game or play game. Tap get or the cloud icon on the app store banner. The game will download and install. When complete, tap open. The game will launch. Who wants to? There's a YouTube video that says what is Netflix gaming and how to access it. Huh, that's so weird. Yeah, I, I couldn't see it anywhere on the the uh, the the browser website. I logged in there. So, I don't know, man. It's it's very bizarre. Like, who's who's gonna be installing and playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City on their phone through Netflix? Like, what is that? Like, I guess like it's just kind of a deal where because you're paying for your Netflix subscription, it's like value added where you also have access to this. But who wants to do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe some people do. Well, dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Remember Valiant Hearts, how good that game was? And then it was coming out on Netflix, the sequel. Mm-hmm. It says it's to release on January 31st exclusively for mobile with Netflix games. Interesting. And this was a post 10 months ago. And this was from Ubisoft. So, but it already is on Google Play and it has reviews. It says it's the second installment of the BAFTA award-winning game, Valiant Hearts, The Great War. This sequel will follow. How's it have ratings already? I, dude, I have no idea. I'm so confused about how to access. It says available now. It's out now. The second Valiant Hearts is available on Netflix Gaming, apparently. And it's right now. Yeah. Ubisoft had a post about this, apparently. It says Valiant Hearts. This came out in January of 23. 
Valiant Hearts Coming Home is available now exclusively for Netflix members for iOS and Android devices. The sequel to the war-winning Valiant Hearts Great War, war brings players back to World War I for a dramatic narrative game following four interweaving stories of friendship, survival, and sacrifice amidst the turmoil of the tragedy of the war. I gotta fucking play this. I didn't even know this thing released. Because it was like a really good game. I gotta get That's the Netflix really app and try this. I don't... I don't know. I have it on my phone. I should I should take a look at it. That's that's really interesting. That's a game I actually am interested in. So yeah, all right, maybe more to come on that. But Grand Theft Auto coming to Netflix games. It's so fucking weird. And it's exclusive. Can't play it anywhere else. I hope uh that game did well. Netflix games. <laughs> Jake's tried it right now. Uh, I'm just I'm like fucking looking at it on my phone at the moment. Like I like what was it's like a bunch of Random shit I've never heard of before. Yeah. Like, what are all these games? I don't know. Cut the Rope? Like, that's an old school freaking mobile game. That'd be a good name for a song. <laughs> all right. Anyways. What's what's the what's this game called? What's the sequel called? Valiant Hearts Coming Home. Valiant Hearts Coming Home. There it is. Dude, you got to fucking get it. Interesting. Give you something to play. Huh. Nice. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. That's a game that flew under our radar that we were kind of excited about. <laughs> Man. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's got good ratings, good reviews. I'm probably zero player base because it's impossible to – no one even knows how to access it, let alone play it. Um it's a shame because Valiant Hearts. Who fucking knew about this? I've never heard of this before. This this service. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. You should be able to do it on your TV. But I looked online and they said, yeah, the Netflix app won't on the TV won't play games. You got to do it on your phone. That's ridiculous. So it's not streaming. It's just playing on. You know, you must have to like play it on a device that they know that can handle the game. Heaven forbid I'd be able to play this game on my fucking PlayStation. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyways, hey, moving forward. Um, next news point. One seventeen forty two. There was a lot of speculation about whether Beyond Good and Evil is worthy of a sequel. They they talked for lengths about a sequel to this game. Different podcasts, different news outlets have always been like, who even fucking plays the first one? Who even cares that much about it? Like, the, you know, there's been no information about the sequel outside of that they were still working on it. Ubisoft now has confirmed that Beyond Good and Evil 20th anniversary is, is happening. The 20th anniversary edition is happening. More news about this in 2024. Uh, probably first quarter, but I can't help Jake, but think that this is a test bed for interest in the title before they move forward with the sequel. Um, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't anticipate this getting much love. This twentieth anniversary game. I mean, Beyond Good and Evil Two has been in development for like a millennium, so I don't really know. Like, what do they have to lose? Just fucking release it. That's probably not that far but along. They're probably. I don't know if it's to – I mean gauge interest maybe, but it could also be to just like reinvigorate the audience before the second one comes out. So maybe you know, from an optimistic point of view, maybe it's possible that they are 
getting ready to announce maybe more about when Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to release. And as part of that, they're going to announce sort of this remaster, remake, or I guess it's probably not even anything. Maybe they're just re-releasing it. But um, I don't know. Excuse me. I don't I, – I, is it good? I don't know. I've never played it. I, to me, it seems like it's like a vocal minority that really loves this game, kind of like Mirror's Edge and stuff like that. So I'm not really sure how great it is. Am I going to play it? I don't know. I need to see more about it. I need to be probably pretty – I don't want to say I need to be pretty bored, but I got so many games to play. I don't know if I really feel like diving into something like this. I wonder if it's going to be a, a remaster at least. I mean, I don't want the original version of the game. You know, they better do something. I would hope so. They better up-res the least, shit out of it. Yeah, I would hope it's at least up so that it doesn't look totally garbage. Dude, I remember like, playing this game on PC when it came out, and I loved it. But, like, that's also, you know, given that, like, it was a game how far back. You know what I mean? It was a long time ago. Um, there, it wasn't, it, I don't know to, to me, it wasn't like, I think if I played the game now, I would be a little less gobstopped by it. You know what I mean? And sure. anyways, I've got a couple news points left then we'll head out for the day. Jake, um, next news point is, is everybody knows that fallout is getting a TV series. Um, we finally got a TV show trailer for this. Did you watch it? Number one. And I thought it looked good, but it looked a little, it looked a little, uh, I don't want to janky's not the right word. It looked right in the environments and the settings looked right. Everything, I guess, looked right about it. But it's I don't know. There was still something about it that kind of rang with me like maybe don't get my hopes up too high. It it looked good, but I still have uh, I still kind of question what we're going to end up getting with this. I do know Walton Goggins is in it. And he's one of my favorite actors. He's cool. He's got the got big fucking front teeth. He's in Justified. He plays uh, uh, Boyd Crowder. Um, he's in a lot of things. He's he's really he's really a good. He was in the, in the Tomb Raider movie. He played one of the bad guys in that movie. Um, but he plays the the sheriff that has his nose cut off from the game. I can't remember what that sheriff's name. He's is. a ghoul. Yeah, he plays ghoul. Yeah, and uh, looks great in the trailer. Looks just like him. Uh, the the fucking uh, Brotherhood of Steel armor looks just right. Uh, it all looks good. It all looks good. So, uh, but uh, there's still something about the trailer to me that seemed a little off, despite how good it looked. It was almost. It's almost like it's too clean. The trailer's like too clean. Like everything looks too new and sparkly. Even like. Even like. The diner and stuff. Like, even though they made it to look old, it still looked too nice. I don't know. To me, at least. It, it looked like a little too nice, everything. Yeah, it's like it needs a little bit more... Leads, it needs, like, a little bit more film grain or grime Dirt. or something. I do agree with you that it does... Very much like I'm I'm kind of scrubbing through it now mm-hmm. and it just like it looks like it was shot on a soundstage. Like, does that make any sense? Yeah. Like there's something about it that's just it doesn't look bad. Right. It looks like fallout. But like, but it looks like 
somebody making a live action trailer for a Fallout game. Like I, I it's it's so hard to explain. Like and even like the even like the um what do you want to say the the uh the Brotherhood of Steel armor, for example. It's too clean. Like the guys, like as they're wa- there's like a, a a quick shot where there's five of them walking towards the camera, and the way that they're moving, it just looks like guys wearing you know plastic stuff. Like it doesn't it does because because they're moving too fluidly. Like they're not like you would think if they're if they're in this Brotherhood of Steel armor and it's fucking this metal heavy ass power armor that weighs like a thousand pounds that they'd be like just kind of you know more robotic and like kind of clomping around and shit mm-hmm. but like they're walking around like they're literally wearing some fucking halloween costume that's made out of vinyl or where, something. where is this and shot at like at what what time it's like one one minute 17 seconds okay let me look hold on you can see like the yeah. guy like cocking his head and stuff yeah. like it's too fluid like it's like yeah, like this, I don't know if you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like no, I would I expect somebody wearing power armor like this to be sort of not fighting it, but they're like in a suit of power armor. Like they should be kind of clomping around, not just like you know bobbing their head like they're having a good time. I don't. It just seems very fake to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least like that part of it. Like I don't think it. I don't think it. Doesn't look like Fallout. It looks just like Fallout. But the real world translation of Fallout. This is also from the studio behind uh, the the series, The Boys. Like even even like the the carrier that carries like the Brotherhood of Steel guys. It's so obviously CG. It needs like another layer of grit to it, so that like it masks a little bit the fakeness. It's just a little too clean. You know, it maybe looks like it was shot on an iPhone or something. Maybe there's just too much sunlight. Like the whole trailer it's is all shot bright, in like dude. bright daylight. And like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like whenever <laughs> I was playing Fallout, everything just seemed kind of overcast and gray and like, yeah, sort of gross looking. And this game doesn't look like that at all. Right. Or this trailer. I'm sorry. It's uh, everything's. I feel like they're trying to be stylish and like have the the bright, you know, colors of the vault uniforms like kind of contrasted against the the brown of the environment and everything. But uh, it looks. I don't know. I I, it's going to be on Amazon Prime, right? Yes, I'm going to watch it. I'll have to check it out. When do you know? Does it say? Do we know when it's coming out? Um, April twelfth. It looks like. Yeah, we we got months before it comes out, but I'm sure we're gonna see more and more of it. And I don't know, man. I'm not like the Brotherhood of the Steel armor. Like those guys should be huge. And then you see like a shot of like this Doom Wolf or something like uh, chewing at the armor of one of these guys. And all of a sudden, the guy doesn't look that big because the wolf thing's really big. It just looks like a regular dude, just like in armor. 
I don't know, man. I don't want to be hypercritical. I want it to be awesome. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, definitely. And two more news points before we get the H out of Dodge for the day. This- I mean, dog meat looks good. But, it, I mean, it's kind of hard to fuck up a German Shepherd. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it looks just like dog meat. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're good. Uh, we have a trailer and a game coming out on PSVR 2 in January, January 16th, 2023. The game's called Toy Trains. It's from the same developers who made Super Hot VR. And it's essentially a miniature railway builder. And this looks really relaxing and kind of fun. It's a puzzle game. You essentially have to connect one side of the track to the end track. You got to connect it, and there's obstacles in the way. And then you have an infinite, infinite, uh, you know, well of different kinds of track that you can put down to do different things. Bridges, probably. Curves, S-curves, whatever. Inclines, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's in VR. And I think this game looks really cool because of that. And knowing how well Superhot played... My hopes are up that this game's going to be good. Uh, something a little less maybe violent and action-packed, but something that may be kind of like a Lemmings kind of game, maybe a little bit. Like with you're just you're just solving these little puzzles, and I would hope that they have some sort of free build mode where you can just make train tracks. And like I don't know if you get to get on the like if you can warp yourself inside the the virtual train or not. I don't think you can. I think it's just like you you hover above it and it's like a toy train, hence the name toy train. But it looks cool, and there's a neat little trailer, and uh, they've done the trailer good. Um, it's very much a VR game. Don't don't expect to be blown away by the graphics or anything, but I think the premise of the game would be really fun in VR. I don't know. I'm honestly surprised they don't do a more realistic model train thing yeah. in VR. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is very cartoony and kind of, uh, you know... It's like a little steam engine mm-hmm. bobbling around. Like, it's it's nothing, you know, really crazy. But, dude, model trains are one of those things that are – that's a huge fucking hobby. Like, the people that are into that are fucking into it. <laughs> and so, like, like, I wonder if it wouldn't be kind of a neat thing to be able to – make like a like have like a real model train simulator where you could like i I don't know how you would license all of the official train models and all that stuff but like i think this game looks pretty cool i don't know uh if i'll get into it or not but um it's it seems like a neat i like the the idea of these tabletop games in vr I'm not sure. Mm. Like there was that that one. Was it Demio? Yeah, I still really want to play that, but it's probably I think that it's was the late tabletop miniature game, right? Yeah. But uh, I just don't know if I would enjoy playing a game like that. Yeah, is all. I would like to see a game like Warhammer come to, uh, like uh, yeah. Like what if they had like a 40k miniature game in vr2 where like you know you don't have to pay 30 dollars for a mini but like three bucks or something build your fucking army out spec it out and play other people these virtual maps that would be a blast um yeah i'm honestly kind of surprised that 
I mean, there's a million and one other Warhammer games. Why not make a VR game where you're actually playing the The game? actual game. Yeah, you're actually playing fucking, yeah. Or like any of these classic RPG, like tabletop RPGs, like Space Crusade. Like make a fucking Hero Quest VR2 game where you can just fucking play Hero Quest and uh, let the let the computer play the bad guy. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be crazy. I don't need to go into first person mode or anything. Just let me go tabletop down. Give me the fucking cards. Let me take my turns and play it. They already have an app that runs the game. Like all these board games. Like now is the time. Especially like, could you imagine if we have another pandemic? How many people were trying to play board games through like Skype and stuff with family members? Like create a virtual platform where you can play fucking Monopoly with your family. That would be fun. But make it cool like HeroQuest or like, you know, Blackstone Fortress or some shit. That'd be rad. Anyways, I don't know. It is what it is. Very cool, though. Uh, toy toy Trains coming to PSVR 2 January 16, 2023. Last news point, and then I will let everybody go. And, uh, oop, I wrote this backwards. Um, the last news point is, don't forget, guys, the Game Awards airs 12-7-2023. So if you're interested in watching that, make sure you tune into it. And uh, I think I'm still voting Alan Wake to game of the year but i i highly doubt it's gonna win but damn i was just smitten with by this game hmm yeah i i'm excited not for the game awards but for what we're gonna find out at the game awards so like i'm excited for the day after the game awards where i can scrub through all of the the uh trailers announcements stuff the stuff that happened. Like, I want to know, you know, I want to know what the, who the winners were. And I want to know what all the announcements are and all this stuff. But I don't want to watch an ad filled three hour fucking slog with like, you know, all these speeches and all this crap that I just don't care about. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I hear that. For me, it depends on what I'm doing. Is this what, what, what day is the seventh? Is that a Friday? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Got to work the next night. I, I'll probably be eating dinner, and I'll be like, ah, shit, the Game Awards on. I better tune in, see what's going on. If I got nothing else going on. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm excited, uh, like you said. But they did announce, Jake, that they are not going to be uh, the cards that come up before world premieres and stuff. They're not going to be announcing them as such. They said they want to put all the games on an even playing field. So... I don't know if they're even going to be announcing whether things are premieres or whether there's the first time, you know, maybe this is the first time you've seen gameplay. So, like, good luck. Fi- yeah, the media, the media will figure that out. Yeah. You know. I would say good luck figuring that out on your own, though, because, I mean, it might be tricky. But I, I think I, I can get down with that decision. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Celebration of games. Why, why turn it into a popularity contest? Why make somebody's announcement be more important than somebody else's? Keep it equitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and no new game announcements for this week. Uh, there, there weren't any posts on Push Square as of this morning for the new games coming out. But I did, I did have a little thing. We, we, we can look forward to. I, be, I want to say, hold on one second because I did have something and I must have, I must have deleted it. Um, and it was new PlayStation games. Yeah, new PS Five games in twenty twenty three. So for the end of the year, we know we're we're getting quite a few games here. So I do have December 5th, we're getting Arashi Castles of Sin Final Cut. We're getting December 5th, uh, The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. 
I don't know what that game is. And then we're getting Arizona Sunshine 2 on December 7th, which is going to be huge for VR. And uh, we're also getting um, on the 7th, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is coming out. So big, big week, actually. Small Land Survive the Wilds on December 7th and Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader on December 7th. I don't know when our next episode is going to air, but on the 8th, we're getting Plumbers Don't Wear Ties Definitive Edition. Um, so, yeah, the big ones. What is this Lord of the Rings Return to Moria? Do we know? Dude, I I have no idea. You would think that this would be a bigger deal if it was uh, oh, it's being Lord of the Rings game. Developed by North Beach? I don't know. But uh, Avatar is going to be the big one, I would imagine. What's really Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, that's going to be the one that people really are interested in. What's really interesting to me though is I have not seen a push for Avatar at all. Really? I've been seeing like trailers for it on YouTube and stuff. Okay. And uh we're like at like with PlayStation associated with it mm-hmm. and everything. So I I'm sure that it's uh being advertised, maybe it's just not being advertised in a way that you're seeing it like you're not getting it as part of your I'm whatever, not consuming the right media or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have for the show, Jake. And I just wanted to see um, if you had anything you'd like to say before we sign off for the evening and for the week. Do you have anything for the listeners? I'm just kind of scrubbing through the, the trail, like some gameplay of this return to Moria game. It looks kind of bad, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it's fun. Maybe it's for someone that's not me. The looks like it's just kind of like you're a dwarf in fucking Moria and you're just like mining shit and fighting stuff. I mean, we just got that Gollum game that was horrible. So hopefully it's at least better than that. Well, the bar has been set pretty low for them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Well, as we've done in previous years, uh, and thanks to one black talent for the reminder last week, Uh, Jake and I wrote a Christmas song, and it's called Tis the Season in Northwest Pennsylvania. And uh, it's not for sale anywhere, but you can listen to it for free online. And you can listen to it at the end of every podcast that we do in the month of December to get you all ready for the Christmas spirit. And uh, if you do enjoy it, make sure to hop on Spotify, add it to your playlist, tell your friends to put it on their Christmas playlist. Let's get this song bumping this Christmas season. So, I don't have anything else to add. You guys have a nice week. Be safe. Be uh, Get some gaming in. I will be back. We will be back next week to talk about how I beat Spider-Man 2. And uh, Jake maybe will have beaten Alan Wake 2. Who knows? But maybe he will have started Valiant Hearts coming home. Maybe we'll have something to report on about the Netflix games situation and we most certainly will be discussing the grand theft auto 6 trailer so tune in next week to episode 306 of ps this is awesome this has been episode 305 of ps this is awesome and until next time everybody like a necromunda gun for hire need for speed unbound and nightmare reaper ps yes this is awesome this is awesome
up.